The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Be it superstition or just an apparition, you suddenly appear inside my heart. Does this strange romance stand Welcome to From the Bleachers. I'm your host, as always, Seamus Clancy, coming to you from the wonderful Bleeding Green Nation Radio Podcast Network. Now, before we get to my rants and my Doug vs. McVeigh stuff, a couple housekeeping notes. Uh, doing a lot of work on the BG Instagram account right now. You could follow us at Bleeding Green Insta on there, closing in on 3,100 followers. Might be doing some giveaways soon. Uh, tons of Eagles content every day. Might be doing some IG live stuff pregame at halftime this upcoming week. So definitely give us a follow there. Additionally, you can follow me on my own Instagram and Twitter page, both at Seamus underscore Clancy. If you're listening to this and you're not following me on either of those, I don't know what you're doing. Tons of great content. I do a little IG live show every Thursday, the Thursday happy hour, 5.30 p.m. on Thursdays. Grab a drink, come in, hang out, me talking about the Eagles, talking Philly sports, NFL, everything in between. Now, before we get to, again, my anger and the Doug versus McVeigh stuff, I want to make a point I saw on Twitter this morning. It was kind of a breakdown of each NFL team's social media Twitter account. So I ended up this breakdown. 23 teams out of the 32 follow every other NFL team on their Twitter account. Three teams don't follow any other teams. The Ravens, the Colts, and our beloved Eagles. I love the pettiness. It's such a Philadelphia thing. A big F you to everyone. We don't care about you. We're from Philly. We don't care. I love it. And that was kind of a bright spot in my day. I, I wrote about my, my newsletter this morning. If you don't, you're listening to this, you like my podcast, you like my tweets, check out my newsletter, patreon.com backslash Seamus underscore Clancy, talking about you know how upset I am about the Jalen Hurts pick in relation to how poor the offensive line depth is. So my day got off to a terrible start, but, but seeing that little bit of pettiness, that little bit of quintessential Philadelphia-ness gave me a spark and maybe some hope for this weekend. Not a Sunday. Sunday. Embarrassed. There are a few times in my life I am truly embarrassed to be a fan of the Philadelphia Eagles. If you remember last season, uh, after that Miami Dolphins debacle down in Florida, I said I, it was the most embarrassed I've ever been, to an e- been as an Eagles fan. And that might be true. That was bad. But Sunday was rough, man. I was embarrassed to even be a Philadelphia. Imagine me, Seamus Clancy, saying I'm embarrassed to be from Philly. That's how I felt Sunday. The first 28 minutes were Nirvana. I thought we were going to the Super Bowl. Carson Wentz looked as good as he ever did. Mowing down the field, taking shots deep to Jalen Rager. 
who looked on that one play great, freed up on another pass. Carson overthrew him, looked great on that 34-yard touchdown strike to Dallas Goddard. Beautiful throw from Carson. And then he throws that out route, uh, gets your comeback route, and the game shifts there forever. And that could be a move that not only shifted that game, but shifted the Eagles' entire season where the bottom just came out after that. That's going to be one of those games that we're talking about forever. I'm going to be in my 40s, sitting on the beach down at the Jersey Shore, drinking a nice light beer or seltzer or whatever, two robber seltzer. I love those. And I'm going to be relaxed. I'm going to have a nice Eagles bucket hat on, hiding my bald spots. I'm sure I'll be bald by then. And I'm going to think about week one, 2020. And I'm going to get pissed off and it's going to ruin my day. That's going to happen. It's a guarantee. This is going to be one of the the Joe Webb game, the Matt Bryant game. It's going to live in infamy. It's the worst Eagles regular season loss since Carolina. And 2018, the Eagles blew a 17-0 fourth quarter lead to the Cam and the Panthers. It's the worst since then. It's the worst season opener since 2015. Obviously, it's the first time they lost in the season opener since 2015. So that's obvious. But, you know, that was the beginning of the end of the chip era. Sam Bradford comes in after that much-hyped preseason. Uh, the Eagles, you know, Huge disappointments on Monday Night Football in Atlanta against the Falcons. Kiko Alonso has that crazy interception, but ultimately a defeat for the Eagles. And again, the beginning of the end for Chip Kelly. Now, this isn't the beginning of the end for, for Doug Peterson, but it was rough, man. That just shouldn't happen. Good teams don't do that. And it, the only logical conclusion you can come to is the Eagles aren't a great football team. Great teams don't do that. They were in a position to, you know, wipe the floor with the team. It should have been a blowout. They should have gotten points on that drive, gone up 20 nothing, going into halftime. Now you go down 17-7, give them some momentum, and they go into halftime, get themselves together, and the Eagles don't score another point. Jake Elliott misses a field goal. Jake Elliott shortened a 53-yard field goal. When is that ever going to happen? That's the worst loss. It's a season kill. That could, that could be the season. That could be the entire season right there on that one throw from Wentz. And he played hard. Horrible. That was his one of his two or three worst games he's ever had. Unacceptable play. The O-line is in shambles. The play calling from Doug sucked. I'm the biggest Doug homer alive, and the play calling sucked. Besides that, I think his worst game was 2018 in New Orleans. But that, that, that team had no chance of winning that game. For, for a game that the Eagles should have won, legitimately had a chance to win, again, should have been a blowout victory. Unacceptable from Carson. Unacceptable. I had a rough Sunday night after that. Just... You know, wallowing in self-pity like no other. You know, it hurt. It hurt. I've had that pit in my stomach, that feeling, that that hurt that I've had since the since that interception, the last 32 minutes of that game, has not left me since then. And maybe Sunday morning and I'm sipping on a mimosa, you know, eating a nice scrap of egg and cheese, you know, sipping on a two-robber seltzer or, you know, just getting myself back into the Sunday mojo. Maybe that pain will subsidize a little bit, and I hope it will because you know we have a big game coming up. This is again, we thought yes, we thought Sunday was a do or die after you know Carson Wentz played the way he did. If they go down zero two, it's over. It's over, over. My whole mantra with the Eagles is get me to December. What that means is you know suspend my disbelief. Let me think that this is a playoff team. Let me think this is a team that can make some noise in the NFC playoffs. Maybe even go on a Super Bowl run to December. You know, get me to there. I can't imagine, and that happened in 2016, but a fall where it's October, November, and I know the Eagles are out of it and can't make the playoffs, I can't deal with that mentally. I just can't. And I know some other people out there listening can agree. Get me to the end of the season. Carry me through the fall months. Get me to December. 
Let's have a chance at this thing. Let's win on Sunday. Let's get back to where we were. You know, game script, first 15 plays of the game, Carson was awesome. Doug's play call was awesome. But Doug goes into those five, seven-step drops, play-action bombs, these long, developing plays where the offensive line can't handle that. Could have used more draws, screen plays to Corey Clement, Boston Scott, even Jason Huntley. You know, quick passes over the middle to your two talented, quite talented tight ends. Anything else. Rollouts. They had one rollout all game. One rollout. All this, you know, Rich Scangarello puff pieces all summer. And they run one rollout. The the Kyle Shanahan acolyte, the disciple, Rich Scangarello, and the coaching brain trust now. One rollout. Unacceptable. That's where Carson is best. People like to say, oh, I don't like Carson moving around. That's when they're talking about him doing his Houdini antics, spinning around, ducking defenders, trying to make something out of nothing. And then sometimes, you know, comes with the territory. Those come with big losses sometimes, sacks. And that was the case on Sunday. Carson took some sacks that you just cannot take on third down and, you know, change the entire outcome of the game. But there's a difference between that and design rollouts, sprint and right, sprint and left, play action plays, bootlegs. Carson needs to be doing that. Get him on the run. Get him on, get him moving. Use his athleticism. I'm not saying he's going to go out and, you know, take a, you know, 15-yard keeper. I'm not asking for that. I want him on a rollout, maybe looking downfield to Jalen Rager, Deshaun Jackson, you know, someone in the, the Zach Ertz lining up the, in the slot doing a slant route, Dallas Goddard in the middle of the field. There should be options for Wentz rolling out, and there just weren't on Sunday, and I don't know why. You know, Doug blamed the lack of success on first down. Lack of success on first down. Why not call a rollout on first down if you wanted some success on first down? Is it illegal to run rollouts on first down? Was there this memo that Roger Goodell sent out to all NFL teams this season, and Doug Peterson is the only one who read it, that rollouts on first down give that team an immediate 15-yard penalty, a 30-yard penalty? Why can't you do a rollout on first down then, Doug? Give me to December. Went on Sunday. Roll roll Carson out. Get him away from Aaron Donald, who is going to eat Nate Herbig alive. Looks like Herbig is going to start once again at right guard. I don't know about that. On Jason Kelsey, who is a phenomenal center, borderline Hall of Famer, but Aaron Donald's got some size on our friend Jason Kelsey. And, you know, get Wentz moving. Get him away from the, the pocket. Get him outside the pocket. Get him away from Aaron Donald. That's what needs to be done on Sunday. And, you know, that's what I'm hoping for. I'm not asking for a blowout victory like I was in Washington talking on the podcast last week. Did two bods last week. I'm just asking for a win. Can be ugly. 21-20. 16-15. Something disgusting. I'll take it. We need it. We need a win in the worst way. As Taking Back Sunday would say, in the worst way. I don't get in a lot of national NFL arguments, but there is one. Just because I'm such a Philly guy, Eagle-centric guy, but you know, I got Sunday ticket this year. It's hard to follow the NFL sometimes when I'm, you know, half the games I'm out tailgating and then into the stadium. I miss a lot of the 4 o'clock games. Sometimes I'm sleepy after the game, a little bit drunk. You know, miss the Sunday night games when I have work and don't want to stay up on Monday. But, you know, as you guys know, got laid off my day job. A lot more time for freelance work and a lot more time to watch football since fans aren't allowed in the stadium. So I'm sure I'll get in some more NFL uh, national arguments this year. But one I always partake in is Los Angeles Rams head coach Sean McVay versus Philadelphia Eagles coach Super Bowl champion 
Philadelphia hero, Doug Peterson. I'm not super active on Twitter about this week after the demoralizing loss on Sunday, but oh boy, oh boy. If the Eagles had won on Sunday and they were 1-0 going again to Philly, first home game against McVay and the Rams at 1-0, I would be the cockiest SOB alive. If you think I'm obnoxious and unbearable right now, and usually you would have no idea what I'd be speaking on Twitter this week, Instagram, again, follow Bleeding Green Instagram at Seamus underscore Clancy on Instagram. I'd be so cocky and I I just can't do it right now. If they win, I'm obviously going to go into that F you Sean McVay mode, you know, strutting my stuff, getting carried away, getting in fights with random Rams fans, getting blocked by national NFL writers from Bleacher Report or PFF or whatever, The Athletic. They win on Sunday. I'm going to be cocky. I'm going to get my swagger back. But right now, I, I can't do that publicly. Can't talk crap on McVay. They are 1-0. The Eagles are 0-1 after a demoralizing loss, as I said. At the end of the day, I'm taking Doug Peterson 11 times out of 10 against Sean McVay. Now, let me let me give you a proposition. In 2017, the Eagles made the Super Bowl. They won the Super Bowl. And they beat the New England Patriots by a score of 41-33. Against the greatest defensive mind of all time, the greatest coach of all time, Doug Peterson, with a backup quarterback who's played about 10 good quarters in the last five years, 10 good quarters of football, scored 41 points with that backup quarterback, Nick Foles, against the greatest defensive mind of all time. Unbelievable performance. Just otherworldly. The very next year, Sean McVay going up against those same New England Patriots, that same defensive mind, that same coach. And Bill Belichick. They that offense scored three points in a 13-3 loss against the same exact team, same exact defense, same exact scheme and coach. So the year before, Doug Peterson scored 41 points. Next year, Sean McVay scored three points in the Super Bowl on the biggest stage. You're gonna tell me Sean McVay is a better coach than Doug Peterson. I get in fights with Rams fan on all the time. They're like, that's your only argument. It reminds me of that one Jason Seagal movie where they're arguing about LeBron versus and versus Michael Jordan and the kids saying, Oh, six rings is the only argument you got. And it's just like, that's the only argument I need. That's the only argument I need. 41 to 33 versus 13 to 3. And the biggest stage in all of sports. Sean McVay scored three points against the New England Patriots. Against that very same team, Doug Peterson scored 41 points with a backup quarterback who has sucked the rest of his NFL career since then. Are you telling me? Outside of Philadelphia, everywhere else Nick Foles has gone, he has turned back into a pumpkin. And why? Because of Doug Peterson and his coaching, his play calling. Doug gets his guys to play through adversity. I don't know if the Eagles have had their backs up against the wall quite like they have right now in the Peterson era. It's bad. It's bad. That was, again, that was one of Carson's worst games. The offensive line is in shambles. It was just week one, and it was midseason form for Philadelphia sports injuries. I'm cursed. I'm so desensitized to sports injuries being a gigantic Sixers and Eagles fan. I hate the Sixers, but I'm a gigantic Sixers fan. As you know, I don't know what's in the water here. Philadelphia has, you know, the greatest medical colleges, any collection of it in the entire world. And somehow, these two teams have medical gaffel after gaffel where just nothing makes sense. Injury after injury, the prevention measures, they don't work. I don't know what's happening. It does not happen to other teams. It does not happen in other cities. I do not get it. But Doug has been at his best when his back has been up against the wall. Say what you want about him as a person, his play calling, whatever. He handles adversity well. In 2017 and 2018, 
Doug faced a ton of adversity. He turned the tide both times against Sean McVay and the Los Angeles Rams. In 2017, as we know, the Eagles go to the LA Coliseum. Carson Wentz tears his ACL during the game. Eagles hang on to win despite knowing Carson Wentz is hurt, not knowing how long he was going to be, not knowing what type of injury is. This this fog, this cloud hanging over the Eagles' side of the field. And the Eagles still pull out that victory. They clinched the division for the first time since 2013. It, Carson has announced that he's out for the year with an ACL tear. And the Nick Foles drove from there, and the Eagles don't look back. They win the Super Bowl. By a score of 41-33, to 33, if you haven't caught up, by that, caught up on that by now. 2018, after that devastating overtime loss in Dallas, after Cleet Blakeman screwed the Eagles royally on that opening kickoff fumble, he should be in jail. I'm sorry. Cleet Blakeman should not be an NFL referee. He should be locked in a cell somewhere. The Eagles were 6-7 and seven after a terrible, terrible loss. Again, I'm talking about this past week as a terrible loss. That's up there for me for one of the worst Eagles losses in recent memory. The Eagles are 6-7, and seven, go to the LA Coliseum against a great Rams team, a team that has a high-powered offense. Nick Foles making his f- first start since week two with Carson injured with, I don't know, broke a bone in his back. Something insane that only happens to Carson Wentz and the Eagles. The Birds hang on and win 30-23. They look spectacular on offense. They scored 30 points against Sean McVay and his Rams. He couldn't, again, out-duel Doug Peterson with a backup quarterback at the helm. And then what happened to those Eagles? They won the last three games of the regular season against the Rams, against the Texans, and against the former Washington football team, what they were called previously, the Washington Redacteds. Then they go on and win a wildcard playoff game, final drive with Nick Foles, throwing a touchdown to Golden Tate, before narrowly defeat, upsetting the New Orleans Saints in the division round down in New Orleans. Doug Peterson has faced adversity, as I said, maybe more so than any Philadelphia coach I can remember. And each and every time, when people the doubters are out, when people are counting him out, the boo birds are out, everyone's chirping Doug, he gets it together. No one gets it together quite like Doug. Carson can't play any worse, right? And now, again, we're going against Aaron Donald, and we need to change up the playbook, get more rollouts for Carson, play action, quick quick throws to Ertz and Goddard in the middle of the field, take some shots when you can on those rollouts down the field to Jalen Rager and Deshaun Jackson, John Hightower, my guy, John Howard Tower, terrible game, terrible NFL debut would hurt me as someone who's been, you know, hyping him up all season, gassing him up, smelling himself about John Hightower. We need a win in the worst way, but the Eagles are 2-0 against Sean McVay and the Rams. Doug Peterson is 2-0 against Sean McVay and the Rams. And as much as I'm I'm hurting about this Eagles team, much as I'm dissatisfied, pessimistic, worried that the season is already over, you know, that gut feeling in your stomach, we're always saying the Eagles are going to lose, the Eagles are going to lose, the Eagles are going to lose. It's the opposite now, where the, my normal reaction is thinking the Eagles are going to lose this game. But in my gut, in my soul, in my soul, I can't see Doug Peterson losing to Sean McVay. I don't care. It's just not going to happen. It can't happen. It can be an ugly win. It can be a disgusting win. They can win by one point. They can win by two points. It does not matter. I cannot see Doug Peterson losing to Sean McVay. The Eagles have their backs up against the wall, and no one is quite better than Doug Peterson with his back up against the wall. I'm ready for Sunday already. I talked myself in the last 19 minutes. I've talked myself into a win on Sunday. That's how crazy I am. That's how insane I am. That's how confident in Doug Peterson I am to get his crap together against Sean McVay, the biggest fraud alive. I'm confident in Doug. Let's get a win on Sunday. This is me, Seamus Clancy, 
Follow me on Twitter at Seamus underscore Clancy. Instagram on the same handle. Follow the BGN Instagram app leading green Insta. Doing a ton of content on there all week, especially on Sundays. Let's get this win. We need a win. We cannot go down 0-2. It's not acceptable. It cannot happen. There is no tomorrow. Burn the ships, baby. Go birds. G and